What's up, y'all? Welcome to episode 20 of the Ape Audio Podcast. We made it 20. We made it 20 episodes. 20 more. 40 hours of us speaking out there on the internet about nothing. That's rough. I'm kind of scared. We're uh, being joined today by the wonderful, talented, beautiful, beautiful haired. Oh, man. <laughs> Cat loving. Be a, 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 a trickle effect there. <laughs> Matthew Weidinger. Hey, man. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming out, dude. Uh, I hope you feel. found the place okay. I, I did. hope it didn't creep you out too much. I uh, I did have a moment of like I got a bunch of stuff in the car. And I was like, oh, I'm gonna, you know, I'm, I'm being, I'm gonna be attacked. Am <laughs> <laughs> gonna be all attacked? of a sudden out of the bushes? There is a weird alley beside. Yeah, there's place. a weird laneway yeah. over here. We we had a prowler come out of there a oh, couple of weeks oh, ago. Oh, oh, a prowler. Would you like to hear yeah. about it? Sure. <laughs> so uh, we we finished wrapping an episode and we were just hanging out with the guest for like maybe 20, 30 minutes after the show. And this strange old woman comes waltzing in, and she like, looks around as if she's supposed to be here. She like, walked looks, in the building, yeah, with confidence through the giant steel door, through this giant wooden door, <laughs> yeah. and then just kind of walked it behind in. her. Oh yeah, yeah, she closed it the up all nice too. <laughs> and we're all just staring at her, and she goes, "Hey, is this a private party?" <laughs> <laughs> and everybody thought that it was somebody else's no. mom, so everybody was just trying to be nice to yeah, her. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Everyone's like, "I don't know. Where did you uh?" I'm like, <laughs> come from and then she just says oh i came over there from the laneway like, the laneway the laneway i've never heard of the laneway and then she goes you know shrugs from the brewery there's nothing around here like that <laughs> not that we know at least and then i asked her i was like where do you think you are and then i asked her who she was which and she responded by asking me who i was <laughs> A fair question. And yeah, of course. And then she yeah. kind of scampered out. Well. No, not, not well, really. There was a bit. Patrick then informed her that this, in, in fact, was a private party. <laughs> it's the only thing that came to my mind. I'm like, this is a private party. And in a last-ditch effort to be able to hang out with us cool dudes, she went, well, I got some beers in my in my van. <laughs> Where was the van? She walked out of the bushes. Well, then Ian walked out after she had shuffled out and said she was leaving in a pretty... Pretty nice. Pretty like, swanking Tahoe. New... Oh, was it a Tahoe? Yeah, it was oh. a Tahoe. And Tahoes have been haunting my dreams. That's it. It yes. was in the back of that Tahoe. Yeah, right. <laughs> the family who previously And our, our guests <laughs> were here the whole time this happened. And they just look at us and they go, you guys didn't know her, did you? <laughs> we're like, no, no, we have no idea. Yeah. They're like, did we just have a bonding moment? <laughs> <laughs> we went through something together. In fear. Yeah. It was bizarre. Yeah, do, that do was the weirdest any, thing. <laughs> do you have any funny stories from uh, like any venues or from any laneways or something? <laughs> yeah. Any any? I'm trying to think. If like any anything. weird appearances? Lots just... of just people hanging out by the car at the end of the night. Yeah, and like oh, that's I actually one time I was playing at a bar and like I never did this again, but I was like making trips in and out, and I left my van door open, <clears throat> and I when I came back out with another load of gear. There was like people in the back of my van, like looking at my CDs and stuff. And I just lost it. Like it was the end of the night. So I'm like, like, what are you doing? That's we thought this so was a weird. cab. And at the time I was driving like a, a big silver van. I was like, there's no way this is a, a cab. Like, that's yeah. so weird. <laughs> I've had experiences oh, you were, like you were that. Still trying to give them the benefit, like try to get in their head. Like, yeah, no, this isn't quite a cab. Uh, no. <laughs> but no, that was, uh, that oh, was that's pretty weird. Good. Just like, oh, okay. I guess I always got to like, lock the door every time i come in out of the car but. did you have to ask them to piss off i yeah i use different words but 
Yeah. yeah. Something they, along those were lines. Were they friendlier or not? Uh, it was like kind of that attitude like after like when you tell a drunk person that they're not supposed to be doing something that they want to be doing. Yeah. And like, well, okay, I guess so. But, you know. <laughs> like a 10-year-old? Like yeah, they, they want exactly. to stomp their feet? Well, I wanted to be rummaging through the back of your van. <laughs> yeah, right. As, okay. as if they were supposed to be there. Yeah. Right? And, and you're in the wrong as Listen, the owner. you were inside. <laughs> <laughs> Finders keepers, man. Oh, my God. Um, so usually with our guests, we do this thing. It's kind of like a, a musical yes. history of you. Oh, okay. We'll go from like your first musical memory to something significant, um, maybe towards late elementary, early high school okay. that started to like change your view on yeah. music maybe. You might have to remind me of the Yeah, no, the, of the course. Points. And then the final one is just where you're at right now. Okay. Um, I started, I started playing piano when I was like maybe nine or ten kind of around there and i remember i didn't really like read the music like i just kind of be able to hear something and like see teacher's hands and like cool after a while of that it was like well you're not really reading the music and i didn't really dig doing it anymore so it was like i'm gonna stop this and that went on you know i didn't really play any music for a long time a long long time but like then 14 15 i started listening to music like my dad's music, like The Doors and Zeppelin and Black Sabbath and stuff like that. I was like, okay, this is cool. And then like growing up with YouTube, like we all did, it was like, okay, I can just like go from this to this and down the rabbit hole of the different bands and stuff. And then I was, you know, I was like, I think I want to play guitar. So I got an acoustic guitar and like started learning by myself and started taking some lessons and stuff. And uh, so that was probably around like late elementary school, like 14, 15 do you, did, do you guys ever miss the times going on, like, the YouTube rabbit holes? And, like, this was back when you're first discovering a lot of new music, and it's yeah. just blowing you away. Oh, All yeah. The, like, you start listening to Zeppelin, you're like, wow, this is the greatest thing I've ever heard. Then you hit the Sabbath, and you're like, "Wow, this yeah. is the greatest thing I ever heard!" And you just like go through all the the legendary things that like our parents kind of got to consume yeah. over in their lifetime. Oh yeah, but you're just like taking it, it all in for the over, first like, time, and it's like blowing your. I remember the first time like someone showed me YouTube, and it was like, "This is free." Yeah. Like this is you, you can, can just... upload your own stuff. Like yeah. really, and you can type anything in. Like, yeah. For somebody with a slight bit of imagination you could find the most bizarre things out on youtube just by sitting there and just mashing like several words together and kind of seeing what would pop up yeah what's the weirdest thing you found uh probably that video i showed you guys earlier (laughs) which one was that the dancing guy the most the most stoned guy in the world i never saw that video. that's the deepest you've gone that's the darkest corner of youtube you've ever been in (laughs) i've definitely seen like weird uh like blender animations of shrek in provocative movements and positions (laughs) you don't go very deep dude synced up to to bizarre music well i don't know what's the deepest thing you guys have found valium village valium yeah oh yeah this this is the video he's got the churn going (laughs) yeah Just note the music. It's like some crazy European dance music. Didn't you show us this on the weekend? Oh, were you not in the room when I played it earlier? Nope. I have no idea what to do. <laughs> what? He almost got the words out. <laughs> <laughs> he almost got <laughs> I understood what he was going for. Yeah. 
<laughs> what do you think he was doing? Do you think it was a dance, or do you I think, think it he was, was a doing dance some move. sort of like I, charade? Yeah. I think it was a dance. He was what would you, what would you call it? You know how some people are like, oh, this is like shaking um, the dice. So I was trying to work this doing the, the pottery when I first found doing this. the uh, poultry. Yeah, I thought it was either thing. some po- some nice pottery or like a butter churn almost. You know? I like where, where like they got that wooden bowl and the wooden yeah, and they like oh, grind mortar and pestle. We all just seemed mortar pestle. He's doing the witch doctor. He's grinding the. It was also the least amount of movement he had to make to actually dance too. Yeah. Now the thing I find the most entertaining is the music going along with it is just the craziest thing. And you look at this guy and you're like, I couldn't imagine him listening to this. And then you know that it's two guys hanging out, but for some reason the lights are romantically dimmed down. <laughs> Candle lit. Yeah, like, but then you look behind him and there's several empty beer bottles on the table. And then when he sits down, in, there's dude. three different marijuana smoking devices sitting on the floor oh <laughs> so yeah. these guys were just having a real sweet a boys night, night in yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly so then then he gets into this dance but then about five seconds in he forgets what he's doing and his body just goes on autopilot and he just keeps doing it and then <laughs> when he finally snaps too he's just like what the hell was that <laughs> i don't even know dude i was possessed be- by dance <laughs> the spirit i, I think we've all how been well there. you analyze that video well, I've watched it like a hundred times since Saturday because it, it just cracks me up so hard every time I see it. What else cracks you up? Uh, your Hershey nut mix. <laughs> that sounds so terrible. <laughs> your Hershey nut mix. So uh, when you were, lis- you said you didn't start listening to music until you kind of picked up your like your dad's records and stuff. Yeah, it so- was a weird time. It was like, I like I just, I don't remember ever like, caring about music like stuff in the background or like driving in the car and like you know bopping along to life is a highway maybe but other than that it was like i just never was i never sat down listen to music okay so then after i guess you kind of were like sitting on your dad's records for a bit and going into these like you know youtube free falls yeah what did you find after maybe through your own discovery like discovering a band maybe through youtube or some other avenue of the internet and just kind of realizing that you know, maybe it made you a little bit more, it's a little bit angsty or edgy or something, you know? Yeah. Well, I, I remember like feeling like, like when I could strum some chords on the guitar, like, and like playing along and feeling that like, okay, something's like, I can feel something. This, this, this feels like a good direction. Cause other than that, it was like, okay, I like watching stupid movies, but other than like, I just didn't, <laughs> I don't know what I want to do. I guess I'm going to go to a school and like, yeah. but then the music it was like, okay, this, this something in my brain likes this. So. Yeah, I definitely had that feeling with it. What was the first band that got you feeling that way? It was probably like ACDC or, or Led Zeppelin with like those big old rock moments like back in black or like or paranoid like uh, yeah, yeah. like something like that where it's just like this rocks and these guys are like giving her hell. Like, yeah, I, just, I feel like, I feel really similar to you like listening to those bands. It was kind of like I'd, I'd always listened to music, but it wasn't until I kind of caught those particular bands from uh like the 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 uk invasion yeah like era where i was like whoa this is like really inspired music like this is coming from like a place that i you don't really hear like on the radio uh like maybe like the odd like leonard skinner and stuff yeah here and there but it like really blew my mind and i'm like yeah i'm gonna start to play my instruments like these guys play because hell yeah oh yeah and just like remembering feeling like a buddy got a drum set and then like playing a couple chords on electric guitar with him playing drums and like oh my god this is yeah. like this is rock i love this 
yeah. so it, it just like grabbed you like that was it yeah, like, and something... you just you've been towing the line uh, up until today well i'm kind of useless aside from music so i'm glad <laughs> i got that yeah so well, like uh, yeah it was just it made sense and and i really dug it and again having all these things like okay zeppelin to and then Sabbath and ACDC and then like, okay, Janis Joplin and Big Brother and the Holding Company and then go down to like Moby Grape, but that's too far. So I go back up, you know, and like <laughs> you got any direction with the YouTube stuff, you can sure. find all this different, different, yeah, it was just wide open. So. Yeah, that's always funny when, when you start to veer like too far out from yeah. where you originally yeah. started and you're like, I got to crawl back a couple steps yeah. here. It got uh, a little weird. I don't think I like this. <laughs> <laughs> I go farther. <laughs> sometimes you do and like giving yourself the opportunity to then you could find something like yeah sometimes oh, wow. you do find the the light on the other end of the tunnel where, where you, you find pop the death grips like, yeah. wow yeah you, you find super progressive anything oh yeah what's the best thing that you found through those kind of discoveries uh like on youtube yeah yeah the, well i just like finding like live footage of the bands where like whether it be a good show or a bad show and I found this one thing that I can't find since. It was like, uh, are you guys familiar with the band? Like, of course. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, it was a, a live, just an audio clip of them playing, like, a, pretty close to when Richard Manuel had passed away, and the bass player Rick Danko it sang one of Richard Manuel's like number one songs, which is like "I Shall Be Released," and he had him talking about it at the start, like, and he was like, oh, like sound like a little kid like like tearing up talking oh, about his buddy oh, we just lost and then they sang the song and it like blew my mind and i can't find it anymore oh man that's a lot of the, the worst yeah they get caught up in copyright stuff or something yep. and then it's like but once in a while i'll come across a live thing that just like it feels like the band in their prime sure and i'm just it yeah just captured moments you know it's really sad when you uh, lose music like that yeah i mean i think it's happened to all of us kind of transitioning from like oh we had cassettes and cds and then we're moving into this streaming thing uh, but people are like oh maybe that's a little too far i still like collecting some stuff so then they're grabbing vinyls and things like that but there was like this definite period where there was music being put out be it on youtube or other uh, music uploading platforms what are you trying to say here christian well, listen to me. <laughs> Unbelievable, dude. And like some of these websites are lost and you, like you said, YouTube videos get caught up in copyright and taken down. And there's like all these hidden gems that may never see the light of day again. Oh, yeah. Which is crazy. But then on the flip side, I've also heard stories where somebody listened to a cassette 40 years ago and lost the cassette and the music was lost forever. And then YouTube popped around or streaming popped around. And people are able to find this music that was like on super limited release, yeah. like maybe like a hundred units or something were sold, right? Oh yeah. So it, it definitely has like both sides of the coin to it. For sure. Um, and then from that point, whereabouts are you now? Like what are you listening to now? Now I'm trying to I still have albums from like high school that are always like my go to I got a car ride or something like that mm -hmm. and I wanna get in on that. But uh um, I've been listening to, oh, what's the guy's name? Richard Swift is this, is this cool artist who, uh, one of my buddies recently got me into, and I guess he's played bass with the black keys and stuff. Oh, cool. And he unfortunately passed away this year, but, uh, he put out an album that was like the one before this last one I thought was great. And this last one, again, deeper down the rabbit hole. And there's songs on there that I was just like, oh my God. I'll have to just, check that out. He's, he's really, uh. Is it Richard Smith or uh, Swift? Swift. So, Yeah blues musician uh no more like 
I guess kind of under that Black Keys thing. So it's Lady like blues inspired to an extent, but just just different stuff. He's got a song that sounds like Frankie Valley, like fifties kind of stuff. Cool. Here come the copyrights. <laughs> yeah. As long as we talk over top of it, it's I don't all think good. that's the case. Well, on most of our videos, they just want to share in uh, in in the monetary gain that we don't that we get. don't have. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are far away from that. <laughs> Um, with you like playing um, covers and stuff and yeah. some of them getting uploaded, do you ever have issues with that? I haven't yet. Um, I, I think my mind's always been like, if I'm not making money on it, yeah. then, you know, yeah. I, I think it's, I'm just sharing something. Sure. But if, if I was like, if you, if you put something on an album or something, then you got to pay the royalties. Yeah, of yeah. course. But just for the, I've had friends who have put up a cover of them doing something though and, and it's got taken down. But so far yeah. I've been lucky. And, yeah. I, yeah, I guess it depends on uh, what record label you're maybe going up yeah. against and how how much they want to line their pockets that year. Totally. Um, yeah, it's it's kind of a bummer for like small dudes like us. Like we just kind of like when a guest is here, we'll play some music in the background, and then Universal comes and like stomps around. They're like, no, yeah. actually. But I think we just kind of laugh it off because we're nothing right now. Well, still. of course, because yeah. then we just submit a claim and like <coughs> the video pops back up. And it's, oh, okay. Yeah, it's just kind of like but yeah, yeah. It's like again, if, if you guys are. If you were breaking in all this dough, I'll make it off of someone else's work. Then of it's course, like, it'd okay. be a little bit different. Yeah. But some people, like, um, I don't know if you ever check out this guy on YouTube, Rick Beato. No. He's uh, he's kind of an older fella, he's and he does pin- a lot of music lessons. Needed. But he did this rant how he would always, he has a series called What Makes This Song Great. And he's like, he's really, uh, he's like a big theory nerd. So he really breaks down these like classic songs. And he's like, oh, and, he, cool. and he has the multi-tracks of them, which yeah. no one kind of, it's kind of a mystery as to how he gets all these pro like recording multi-tracks but uh anyways he runs through the songs and then he always gets the videos taken down but he doesn't even monetize the videos Uh, that's lame and he's ranting basically saying like there are these bands that are in partnership with these record labels that are these specific bands only that are taking down these videos like the eagles will take down their videos but like a band like tool won't yeah and then so he's basically saying like these bands are preventing like me spreading the word about rock music like kids are not able to access rock music or anything or anything about <laughs> Whoa, rock is, music kind of weird that yeah it's very strange so <laughs> it's he's like the way we would talk like, about like uh like poverty in third world nations but for rock music well it's kind of like history that's out there i think about that too with the, with the albums that get taken down it's like or the live stuff i know it's it's somebody owns it so it's like okay we made yeah. it but at the same time it's like it's like a there's got to be can there be like a library or something like yeah, that where I we feel can, like there has to be like like because they they mostly just use automated software to take all the stuff down right oh, okay so it goes oh the video is called this it must be our property or oh the video sounds like this for a few seconds it must be our property hmm. they get to send a claim out to youtube and youtube just like basically indiscriminately will just take the video down automatically and then it's up to like the uploader to defend it and most probably wouldn't. Yeah, exactly. Some of them might be dead, right? Like yeah. there, there's there's uploads and stuff that uh, I don't know. Once they're gone, that's just kind of it. That's wild. It's kind of a bummer. But yeah, so you're totally right. Like dude. pieces of history lost. Yeah. Well, and I've always like that's a dream. I've always wanted to have those multi tracks to like pick through because it's like sometimes I'll try to learn songs. Yeah. And if it's an older recording or you know some guys have better ears for picking out stuff, but it's like I w- I just want to know what the electric piano is doing right. in this yeah. part. And I just want to hear it by itself and then know how it, okay, how does this mix in with the other instruments, you know? Yeah. Some bands do like a, nowadays, like some newer bands are releasing like producer packs where you can like get a bundle deal where it'll be like, you know, get the vinyl, get the CD and then get 
the multi-track like stems. download code yeah you get the stems and okay. then they like give that so that's cool like some are also doing nail the mix are, yeah there's some like subscriptions uh there's this thing called nail the mix which is like an online subscription service that every you you pay a monthly subscription and every month uh there's a new eight hour session with some sort of producer that produced like some big band not like too too big okay. but it's like oh this guy who produced like uh i don't know it's, it's mainly kind of like hard rock and like metal mm. but um you get to sit in on this eight hour live session which you can download after and they give you all the multi-tracks and they basically show from raw recordings how they built the mix up oh cool yeah it's pretty cool i like that stuff yeah, yeah it's, it's awesome. nice to find how like yeah how how this piece of music whatever it is that you've heard becomes like all the different parts that go into it sure there's definitely like more and more outlets putting that kind of stuff together right now do you guys think we're kind of seeing like a musical renaissance right now oh, like i feel like we're, we're in the prime time for just pure raw musicians to learn from other musicians uh, and we're just kind of coming out of a period where record labels were really trying to stifle all of that you know like tra transitioning from physical media to streaming platforms w which take some of the record labels power away mm -hmm. um so i think kind of out of the darkness into the light now there's all these tools where you get to watch your favorite producers or favorite artists and you get to listen to an isolated track and, or you get to see an artist sit in front of you and show you how they hash something out. Do you, do you think we'll be seeing like a lot of really uh, new and inspired music going forward? I hope so. I, I think I always, well, I get into traps sometimes where I'm like, I can't find anything I like. And that usually just means I'm not looking hard enough because mm -hmm. there's so much stuff being put out. And that's one of the big advantages to like, the technology we have now is like anybody can put something out and you can you've got you know if you find the avenue to get it out there it's like you've got anybody can see it they can you can youtube it or put it on your spotify which also i think leads to more noise yeah i and, feel like there's a little bit too much going on lately yeah it's like anybody <laughs> can put this a video of them up playing so now you see all this stuff all the time and i just shut down and stop looking at it because it's just constant bombardment yeah where 30 years ago or whatever it's like if you wanted to do something you really had to put the work yeah, into it you true, know you couldn't true. just like you just throw walking it into your bedroom and clicking a button yeah. and then yeah you put out a full full album or something totally but, yeah <laughs> one button I, I don't know kind of thinking about how people put <laughs> I'm in the, simplifying it yeah but for people to put in the work um online is kind of different because you know like you said like a few decades ago there was a lot more work you had to put into for people to even just know what your name is yeah. now you can put your name up there and yeah people can like it's you know a few keyboard clicks away but at the same time uh these people who are like you know on youtube and just pumping out all this stuff they're like working their ass off in the room and going insane so there's this other weird work ethic that comes into that like yeah you're more easily exposed but it seems like if you're posting like once in a while you're just never no one pays attention to you whereas if you're like on the ball and you're like posting something new every week or every other day then the well eventually you just start existing yeah you just start existing to a very like easy you just saturate yeah you saturate your sound yeah you just it, more, make it make people unable to not hear yeah. what you're doing if someone's putting out consistent quality content then it's like okay you're working your ass off probably and good sure. for you it's but if it's like i get hung up about that stuff with social media sometimes because it's like i'm not super uh outgoing socially and stuff so 
I want to let people know where I'm playing, but you see people who are always posting pictures right. and it's like, sometimes it doesn't have to do with actually what they're doing. And it's like, well, you know, seeing social media, it's like pictures always, well, from what I've seen, pictures are always more striking than just words. Yep. So when you see a picture and your eyes are drawn to it, okay, you're going to read it. But it's like, I don't, I don't want to post a picture of myself, you know, <laughs> I'll post a picture of my cat maybe, but even that it's like, you know, so I get this if, struggle between like, I want to be genuine, but I don't want to. I don't want to online genuine. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or like, I don't want to have to be pumping stuff out to like, to, to feel like I got to keep up. I'd rather, but then yeah. if I don't, you know, that's when yeah. stuff drops down. So. It's kind of, it's you kind of a rat race. for you, right? That's it. You know what I mean? If you had like a manager or someone, like I'm sure things would be a lot easier. That thing, that kind of thing would be taken care of. You wouldn't yeah. even know it's happening, but it's probably happening. But, and it, but it's yeah. too bad though. Cause like I look a, at your Instagram yeah. and I go, Oh, this conveys the, proper amount of information that i need oh like, i'm glad no, to hear that Thank there's you. no there extra fluff or anything i go be in bed I go, waking up <laughs> <laughs> good night no yeah. makeup but i go yeah, oh where's matt weidinger playing tonight oh i look at your post from today it tells me where you're playing tonight maybe where you're playing on the weekend or whatever yeah and that's about it and you don't i feel like you don't really need anything else but I don't either. In like the current environment, you almost feel like it's necessary to be like just putting random shit out there to like, uh, like game the algorithm to keep yourself up closer to the top, getting like the better numbers, getting the more eyes on your page and stuff. Yeah, and it's a nightmare. Well, <laughs> and I I have afternoons where I like I try to like take a picture of the organ or something like that to post about a gig. It's like okay, I gotta post about my gig. I gotta do it on Instagram, so I gotta do a picture. And then I just sit, like, look at this picture. And it's like, yeah. I don't want to, like, this, I just feel like, this isn't what I'm feeling, right? Yeah, but I got to do something. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but I've, like, forced this picture. And then I'm like, this isn't me, but I got to do it. And I just, like, sit there and my brain yeah. is just, like, turning. Uh, I think it's just a different side of, like, being a musician or creator of content that people aren't used to. Because now that the marketing tools are given to you. Yeah. It's yeah. like people almost don't know what to do with it because they're like so used to, you know, we grew up with like the early stages of social media, like, you know, MySpace, and yeah. the early stages of Facebook even. And those platforms had organic proper growth at the time. Yeah, and not, exactly. It's not skewed to make you spend money on yeah. ads or oh, anything. But yeah. now it's like you have to, be, like I said before, be on the ball with posting that stuff. But now it's turned into a marketing tool where, like I said, like the people who post often, like it's because they're like working on that aspect of their career or whatever you want to call it. But yeah, hard work we're not used yeah, yeah, but we're, yeah, hard work nonetheless, but it just sucks doing it because we just want to play music yeah, yeah you gotta put like, on like every kind of hat you gotta be a businessman you gotta yeah, be a producer yeah. you gotta be a writer sometimes you just don't want to do well, it i feel though. like matt's a really cool guy to be like talking yeah. about this topic <laughs> about this topic specifically because i feel um and i don't mean this in any sort of negative way but i feel like your music and the way that you pursue this mm. is like pretty disconnected from like the 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 rat racy world yeah because like social, social media, media is and everything like, right like yeah you're you're kind of like this this grassroots oh that sort makes of me dude. really happy to hear that yeah. thank um, you um it seems super diy seems like you bump into a lot of like-minded artists that you get to work with and yeah. stuff like that it, it, yeah well it's like i i was lucky because i my my parents have both like had their own businesses at points and like both were teachers at points too so it's like cool. they were always like okay you can play music for a living but you got to be realistic and you can't like you can't just think these things are going to happen. You have to know how you're going to make money and you got to, you have a van and it's going to need maintenance, like stuff like that. So that's like, that's awesome. They put like a realistic 
oh yeah to it for right off the bat well, they're not like well, well whereas most parents just kind of dismiss the whole idea or my boy's gonna be a star yeah, like, yeah. you know and, or they'll be like no like that's not gonna happen yeah, yeah so they were great it's like <laughs> and sometimes i go i think about like if i was a little bit less like that maybe i'd have more original material or maybe i would be like because part of making money sometimes with playing music is going out and playing other people's music for me yeah and the in the business side of things so it's always been like a business and art like battle what which one's gonna you know which one's going to succeed so do you feel like you have a balance between the two of them or is it something that you you've been like working on yeah, over the, pretty prominent in the local scene yeah i've yeah. been playing a lot in in locally for i think well since like at the end of high school i went to try to go into college and i didn't get the program i wanted to so i just said i'm gonna just play full time mm-hmm. what was the program uh, i was applying for something at humber and i think i applied for like a piano uh like a jazz piano thing and a vocal uh class and uh there was like a three-year program and there was like a year and a half or like a half year thing and i got offered the half year the year and a half and i just thought i don't think i want to do this and did you think that um now that if how long how long ago was that uh that was probably uh eight years maybe eight or nine years so do you feel now looking back on that do you think that it would have been worth going to that school or do you think now you're like ah it's probably wasn't worth my time i i I learned a lot more doing yeah well there's 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 points to both sides like like not going to school i just learned how to get gigs and i learned how to make money Mm -hmm. learn how to like make opportunities for myself like how can i play my instrument and make money doing it like playing at old age homes or playing at the playing at the market or, or playing keyboards for somebody so stuff like that where but people who went to school who were my age they have a lot more people their own age who they have a scene with, you know, original music or otherwise. It's like I I always played with the older guys because the older guys had gigs and I either had to keep up or they wouldn't hire me back. So it was like learning on the run, which was great. But I did miss out a bit on that. Like, yeah, like having guys your own age going out and like being in a band. It was always like I'm hanging out with the older guys and this is great. I feel like we're on the same page and I'm learning. I just keep my mouth shut and like – like learn from these guys who are in their 40s or 50s yeah. but yeah they, it, it I, yeah makes me feel a bit old now you know i feel like i didn't have part of that like well you're still a young fella yeah and no, you it, do have one record under your belt yeah of original material right yeah it's a self-titled matt weidinger yeah i put that out a little while ago um and i did a couple albums with a band called lumberjunk before that which was, I was yeah i, I was feel writing, like i know them yeah well we, we played a lot locally and stuff and like I we wrote the tunes and it was original stuff and I was singing and playing organ in that so that was pretty cool we had a great time that's awesome lumberjunk music line yeah there's a video us doing uh, LA Woman at the Blues Fest it's cool oh sweet I feel like I definitely listened to a lumberjunk record it, it would it have been recommended to me by Curtis Huber oh probably cool yeah yeah I definitely I don't remember anything about what it sounds like but I definitely did check it out at the time it was like uh, it was uh yeah, it was a cool mix of things. And we did two EPs with that band. Yeah. And uh, I think it's out there, yeah. Dang, I wish I would have stumbled across this while I was trying to do some uh, background. There it is. Crazy. Do you, do you ever watch live videos yourself, or is this weird? 
sometimes it's weird only because I go like, oh, I could have sang that better. Oh, I could have played that better. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. There's obviously bad. those kind of I feel like that's things, a good reason to yeah. watch yourself back, though, right? Kind yeah. of. To a point. Yeah. Well, I think if, if you overdo it, drive it yourself into a crippling depression <laughs> over yeah. every little mannerism. <laughs> only every once in a while. Nah. As long as you <laughs> like don't look at the comments, it's episodes. fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. That was a fun day. Oh, you're playing at Blues Fest. Yeah. Cool. And Rayman's Eric was playing the keyboard player from the Doors. That's awesome. At, at that that year as well. So oh, I could yeah, sit yeah, side yeah. stage and watch him. I got to meet him too. That was pretty How cool. How was that? I was like, hey Ray, like you're one of the reasons I started playing keyboards and like this like so great to meet you. And he went, Do you know where they keep the food? <laughs> like, okay. That <laughs> That's was so it. funny. That's yeah. so funny. Well, it, it's it's cool that you, you mention him because I'm going to tell a little story about the first time that I met you. So uh, a mutual friend of ours, Rebecca, was throwing a birthday party. Okay. And I showed up, and I think you had already maybe been there for like an hour or two or something. Yeah. And Rebecca was a big piano player and had a keyboard uh, somewhere in her house. Yeah. And I was just like standing out front, catching up with a few people. And a friend of mine, I don't, I don't remember who it was, but somebody came up to me and they said, Hey. Uh, there's this Matt Widinger guy, and he's inside, and he's playing keyboard, and it's fucking amazing. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, cool, like I'll, I'll go check that out. And I, I run inside, and you're, you're just sitting in a room with a couple people sitting around you, and you're just playing tunes by the doors. Oh, right and, on. And I introduce myself, and I'm like, hey, Matt, what's going on? I heard, heard you're playing some jams up here. And you're like, yeah, yeah, man. And we started talking about music and a lot of older bands like that. And I was like, so like, what, what else can you play? And you were like... Just name it. Name a song and I'll play Cocky it. bastard. Yeah. <laughs> name a song and I'll play it. And I think I must have went through 17 different songs by the doors and you immediately just hit them right oh, away. Oh, man. Well, that's a cool memory. I remember that. So, like, that must have been like nine years ago. Like, that a long been, time. Yeah. long time ago. But yeah, I was blown away and I, I think I went back to like my friend group and I'm like, yo, this Matt Whitinger guy, like, he fucking kills it. He, he absolutely kills it. Like he, this man knows this instrument like nobody else. And then it was cool to like see your name popping up all around town, and you started playing shows and stuff. And no matter how hard you try, if you drink beer in this town, you probably caught Matt playing, right? Yep. So, <laughs> like. I wouldn't even intentionally try to come out and see you play, but I would just be hanging out at a pub. Matt walks in, starts setting up his keyboard, yep. sets up his, his mic. You already know what's going on. <laughs> and, and I look over, I'm like, oh yeah, this is the guy I told you guys about years ago. Oh, right on. <laughs> really cool, like weird roundabout thing. Oh, yeah. Um, so I think it was on Saturday night, you were oh, playing so the crazy. tunes of Van Morris. Oh, yeah. Um, this isn't the first time you've done this, correct? No. We, we saw a video, I think, back from like 2018. Yeah. Uh, up on your YouTube. And I just want to say, it was one of the tightest band performances I've ever seen. Oh, geez, man. Thank you Holy very much. Holy smoke. So I can only imagine like a half a year later, you guys were even better. It's been cool. <laughs> like, I've been really digging it. Uh, so oh, like, I started playing with this guy, Lance Anderson, a while back. And he does these different like tribute shows where it's like the music Second of the one. band or the music of Joe Cocker. And I was doing a lot of these shows with him, and like I still do, and and uh, and uh, we just play these little theaters, like 200, 300 seaters around Ontario, and I'd see all these cool different places, and I've loved Van Morrison, like he's one of my number ones too, and I like know most of the tunes, so it's like I'm gonna try to do my own show, and uh, and I took a couple months and like wrote out, like figured out how to write out the horn parts, mm -hmm. cool, and like bought a program called Sibelius so you can like you can put the notes in and then hear them played back so you can see if it's, oh, it's okay, in right cool. 
And uh, yeah, we did it at the red. This, so this is at the registry, and uh, and it was great. And then I started just trying to book it around Ontario, and and we had a great night in Niagara Falls on cool. on Saturday. Yeah, it's been good. Do the theaters generally fill out pretty nicely? Um, so far we've had good success. Like uh, Saturday, it was like we had about two hundred people, and we did Hughes Room back in, which is in Toronto, back in December, and that was around the same. So like. Well, this is the good part about technology, though. It's like with Facebook, I figured out some of the uh, paid promotion stuff. So I'll take uh, a video, like a 15-second clip or something like that, and I'll say, okay, I'm going to spend 15 bucks for this video 40 kilometers around Niagara Falls for a week. Yeah. And then I get people buying tickets. Because the other thing with like playing music is I don't want to be here like – Okay, I'm playing in Kitchener on Monday night, and then I'm playing on Kitchener on Tuesday night, and then I'm on Waterloo, because then there's no reason to really come out and see the show. You right, know? right. Yeah. You want to bounce around a little bit, but or I don't want to be also on Facebook or Instagram or oh, whatever, like yeah, right. posting like, "Hey, I'm." You're always seeing what I'm posting, but yeah. this stuff is like, okay, it's only showing up for people in that area. Sure. So that's been great. That's really helped. Yeah, that's a really intelligent way to go about it. Although sometimes Facebook and Instagram's ads are a little uh, crummy, or oh, YouTube's. A little, a little. They well, just, what, uh, what's wrong with it? I don't, I don't know. know. We, we, just we were discussing in, before like, about how the uh, the numbers, you know, aren't really how they'll be like. Real. Oh, this is your reach. And <laughs> and it's like, yeah, oh, it's gonna make it out to ten thousand people. Yeah, you're like, yeah. Your oh, sick. Yeah. Oh, it's maybe two thousand. Okay. Yeah. No, I'm I'm still figuring some of that stuff out, but I have so far seen like, okay, I played a show in Oakville doing my original stuff, and I had a guy come up and said, "I've never heard of you. I saw a video. It looked like a good time. It was ten bucks to get cool. in, so oh, I brought awesome. some friends." And it's like, Dope. oh, yeah, I think that's I think killer. that's that's, that's sort of in, important and and great of uh, somebody who came to see you to let you know that. Oh, because it's time. really yeah. weird when you you cast this net, and on your side you can see the analytics, you see a number, but it doesn't have a name or a face to yeah. it. You go, did anybody actually show up from this or? Like we we ran a couple things for like our podcasts like earlier on in its lifespan. Yeah, we we ran a, a paid promotion. Weird. And we're just like, oh, did anybody hear this? But we actually did get contacted by a few artists who were like, oh yeah, uh, can I come on the show? <laughs> oh, that's great. Well, yeah. and, and it's like with all the noise to to be able to put a couple bucks. I always try to save some money to just say, okay, I wanna I'm gonna use this for promo stuff because if it if it works and that's what you got to do to get around all the rest of the noise, then yeah. it's worth it in my sure. mind. Yeah, it's just another way of putting your money into advertising, like as you would to spend money to print out a bunch of flyers and yeah, yeah, post them on the walls. Exactly, you just exactly. throw them off of the roof somewhere, right? Yeah, exactly. Do you think um, a lot of artists are adapting to that, or do you think they're being a little bit stubborn about it? Because they wouldn't bat an eye to print off 2,000 Xerox copies of a poster and slap it all around town. Yeah. But they're kind of batting an eye at like uh, – or or – they're a bit in opposition to paying for a, like a social media advertisement. I could see people being opposed to that and thinking it's like, uh, well, I should just make my art. And then if people stumble upon it, that's great, but I'm not going to super push it out there or like, or feeling like it's, not selling out, but like I could see the same kind of mentality yeah, it, with like. Well, it feels like you're getting in bed with the corporate man because it's Facebook and it's huge, right? Yeah. It's, it's really different than like you print out papers and maybe you went to like a, a printing center, but you're kind of like doing the legwork on that. Well, I don't even like, think you're allowed to put them on the street signs anymore, are you? Oh, I don't know. I still see them all around. So. Yeah, I, I don't <laughs> know. I've just seen people like, I, I maybe it's just in Toronto, but I don't think, I don't know if you're allowed to do that anymore even. Weird. Do you think somebody has the job of just ripping them all down? 
I'd like that job. That would be a decent one. Yeah, that'd be pretty fun. <laughs> the, the fun killer? People yeah. are just chasing you. <laughs> it's kind of what I'm known as anyway, so, you know. <laughs> I'm, I'm imagining some sort of uh, bylaws or hybrid, and he operates some sort of mech-type vehicle <laughs> that has two arms that are specifically designed to rip posters <laughs> off of poles. Way too much than it needs to be. <laughs> yeah. like just, I like to think of it like he's like super troopers almost. Like yeah. that kind of really tight like <laughs> uniform outfit. Just Well, uh, the reason I think of this is because there's a bylaw car that drives around Kitchener and I believe it, it hands out parking infractions. It yeah. scans your license plate and it sends you like a ticket in the mail or whatever. But this thing must have like 40 cameras on oh, the top geez. of it. Oh, that And it thing, looks yeah. absolutely insane. I've never seen that before. And I'm like, it must be so sad that the guy inside of that car won't make how much this car cost in 15 years. <laughs> <laughs> it's just yeah, really it takes orders from the car. Yeah, it's on with the mall. It looks like a Google Street View car when it yeah. passes by. You think it's like, <laughs> well, that would be more be efficient because Google yeah. just uses a 360 camera on the top. This mm. car. Oh, is it that one on the very top? Yeah, 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 yeah. It looks like that. It looks <laughs> it's insane. like it's infected. What? I've never <laughs> seen this before. Yeah. How have you never seen this? Before? I thought it was the one that was like with the post on the top with like the 360 like disc on it with a bunch oh, of cameras no, attached no. to it. That it's ridiculous. way crazier. Like it looks like they bought a bunch of liquidated <laughs> CCTV cameras yeah. from the UK. And they're like, yeah, just uh, slap it on a Mini Cooper. We'll take I like that it's jets in every direction. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But also, this is like the best car for blind spots. Like, some guy doesn't even have to look behind him. He literally just <laughs> looks at a screen ahead of him and he's like, all right, that's good. I'm just going to change the slate. <laughs> he's like, a fly, man. Yeah. <laughs> that's funny. Um, so with the with the band that you were doing um, the the Van Morrison covers with, yeah. um, you, you said you had known one of the guys? I knew all of them in one way or another. Like, okay. So the horn guys I had played uh, with doing those Lance shows, doing the the different uh, like the the band and the Joe Cocker show with them. Uh, the keyboard player Greg I had known. He's a guy from Hamilton, just through other artists. Mark, the bass player, I play with plays in my original stuff too with me. And uh, the guitar player I played with probably some of the first gigs I played like while I was still in high school. I played with that guitar player. So when you uh, when you guys like get together, is it fairly easy to just mesh? musically i tried to like like write out all the songs and like have charts and like a map for everyone okay and then we like i think we only we did like one rehearsal before the first show and then we try to do a rehearsal a show and it's like i give versions i'll send versions out so it's like listen listen beforehand everyone knows kind of where they're going and we get together work out the kinks and then everyone's kind of pro enough that it's like they can Holy just shit. you know go for it yeah that's uh, that's intense just like rely on them <laughs> well it's like like sometimes the uh, totally i rely on them yeah, but yeah. like the any of the drummers we've had they've got like their own cheat sheets like notes with like a little map of the song and then it's like heads up hockey like if okay if 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 something gets off we're just all looking at each other and try to make it look like it's not actually happening <laughs> right, and right yeah but it's 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 fun i have a lot of a lot of fun with yeah, that yeah it looked like you guys had an absolute blast and like everybody really was inspired by van morrison you know like yeah everyone's a fan of the music too yeah. which is like i want i would want to have as that show because it's like it's like any other kind of job sometimes if you're not really passionate about what you're doing or you don't really care for the music yeah. or the artist and but it's like oh this is i remember when i heard this song at this time in my life and it made me feel like this and now yeah. i'm playing it it was cool to listen to some of the people in the audience too like just going like ballistic for it and it's like whoa it's not even the real band but they're they're loving it they're well, loving it that was kind of the thing i try to do with the with the songs too is like 
there's a really distinct period of time i love van morrison where he had this caledonia soul orchestra he called it which was this huge band with like strings and horns and all these different people and they did really cool versions of some of the songs on the albums that they had but they do like different like swing versions or like it would be oh, bluesier cool. so i would i listened to a bunch of live recordings before the show and like okay i'm gonna steal the bridge from this tune and i like what the horns did in that one and kind of made oh, my own cool. thing where it was like i think this is kind of like a show you'd see from van morrison in the mid 70s with the same kind of arrangement so that was kind of my goal with it that's awesome that's dope um i also saw so correct me if i'm wrong it seems like you have been contacted by like a few bands to like come and play with them uh, yeah i got a couple buddies in different bands who it's like sometimes i'll go sit in with them or i'll i'll go do a couple gigs mm-hmm. or yeah like a session musician or something yeah is, I, it, is it fun to be like a musical jack of all trades i i like <laughs> i like going in like if it's my gig or i'm i'm the guy who's done all the business it's like I got to make sure that everything's good and I need, everyone's taken care of and like everything. I did everything right, you know, but if I'm just coming in and it's, it's someone else's gig, all I got to do is get my gear there, make sure I know the songs and have a good time playing. So sure. like, I like that aspect of it because I get all stressed about all the details. So like when it's not my thing, I'm like, okay, I, I'm there if you need me for anything, but it's not really my it's like a little vacation. Yeah, yeah. I don't have to be That's on funny. full, like, you know, yeah. It's an easier job to tackle. Yeah. Do you do a lot of session work? I've I've started to this last year more like I got uh I, I I play a lot of organs so I've got a couple organs in my house and I got them mic'd up all the time so like I've been getting calls lately which I, I've really been hoping for is like someone's put in an album and they need piano on these songs and organ on this cool and then I can do it at four in the morning or or in the afternoon whenever I have time and and a little bit of extra money and so I've been really digging doing that that's been great cool how many uh, pianos and keyboards are sitting in your house oh. right now? Because I've seen a couple photos, and I think they're from the basement and yeah. the middle floor, and it seems like you have an abundant supply of all the keys you would ever need. Right now, so, <laughs> like, with organs, they got this speaker called a Leslie speaker, and it's got two horns in it, and the bottom one spins one way, and it can go fast and slow. That's such a nice yeah. sound. Yeah, oh, it's I just yeah. I I'm I'm super fascinated with the organ stuff because it was all built in like the 50s or 60s and it all works great. It's just like that thing about something that's been built really well compared to you know cheap you know some of the new stuff we have now. But like it's a big piece of wood. Yeah. It's like just try and break it. Like you yeah, know, it, 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 they're super robust. I uh, the guy who usually runs our audio and stuff, Devin, um, called me over one day and he's like, "Hey, I, f- I found this organ." And I go over to his place, and he's got, like, this little mini organ. Oh, that cool. It was, like, all beaten up, and we, we plug it in, and we start playing on it. We're like, this sounds like the day it, it left the factory. Like, yeah. And then the thing must That's have been awesome. 40, They're built to live. 40 or 50 years old. Yeah. yeah. Definitely built to live. Where, Where is I got... it now? Uh, I'm not sure. You'd have to ask Devin. Mm. Damn. <laughs> Devin. I'll take that off his hands. <laughs> For keyboards, though, I've probably got, I've got four Leslie speakers in the garage right now with one broken organ one that works one that comes in and out of my car i'll show you guys after i got two cool. leslie's in organ in the car right now oh really? hell yeah i saw one sitting cool. over there. and in the house i got a borrowed organ in the basement with leslie uh a hammond upstairs and then one two maybe five other keyboards like throughout the house in the basement in the garage do you want more Always. It's never Always. I haven't never. There's all these vintage keyboards and they all have a little different sound. Yeah, I was just going to ask, is there like a, a, a dream keyboard that you're after? I bought one of them this year. It's called a, a Wurlitzer 
200 a and if you know like oh, super words. tramp yeah those, it's yeah. like that's that it's this little thing and it was made to be like a student model but it's just got its own sound and so like super tramp or or uh, uh ray charles like it's cool. uh, yeah and it's i just love like it i can smell it by looking at it i know you know what i mean <laughs> yeah. they've all got that's this little awesome. thing and they yeah. just i love how it's so simple there's two knobs and there's one cable and yeah, there's something about the old vintage stuff. Or Fender Rhodes is what yep. I'm after next. That's, where do that's, you uh, where do you ooh. find all these things? Uh, on Gigi or I'll get I get calls now like, hey, there's a church getting rid of an organ. It's like, okay, I'll be there in 20 minutes. You know? <laughs> that's awesome. That's when we come out, we move it. Oh, that's so crazy. <laughs> yeah, Rhodes would be really nice to have. Yeah, oh yeah, no, those. those are so heavy. Yeah. Like the Whirly's not too bad. I can do that under one arm, but that thing's like yeah. it's all made out of wood, and the wood's just been painted, so it's it's. Yeah. It's yeah, they're just backbreakers. But this thing you've heard on literally everything. Oh yeah, it's, Riders on the Storm, yeah. or you know, or Stevie Wonder tune. So yeah, I, I love the, the old. I always think with the vintage gear, like when it's not digital, it's it's like in my mind, it's it's making the sound. Yeah. So yeah. it's like you know, drums. You can play an electric kit, but it's like, I, and some of them are great. Nothing against electric kits, but it's like when you hit something and you can feel it come back at you. I feel the same way with the with a piano or a vintage keyboard that's got something that's hitting something that's making noise. Yeah. It's like I can feel that. So. Right. You, you, I mean, even when you are tossed like the highest end MIDI keyboard with all the tactile features to to try to reproduce what it feels like to be playing on a proper size grand or yeah or an organ or whatever there's still just like this element that's missing it <laughs> it's not alive in my mind like that's yeah. what i think yeah, about like the, so right. it, it's it's the, it's if it's digital it's 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 died somewhere in but it's if it's you're yeah. hitting it and it's making sound it's it's a lot there's a certain mind. romanticness to sure. oh yeah gear whereas and, digital it's like you can be surprised like what you would get away with with yeah. like digital sounds, oh, yeah. yeah. But Big I time. think it's just the it's the tactileness of just just animal. the actual physical interaction, yeah. Right, right. Physical inter- even like you know <laughs> with electronic music and just having like a giant like you know mod synth, and you're just like putting the different chords in. <laughs> oh, and you're like yeah. hearing like yeah, you it's know, like how the dystopian filters. future of music, right? Yeah. And some people like that setup, and some people like the digital setup. But I think the analog definitely has a, a certain romanticness to it. That I wish I could understand modular synths. Those yeah. Are pretty wild. Oh man, you, you see those into that a while. Never like, never to play. But there's a there's a great album called uh, Switched on Bach. Have you seen a Clockwork Orange? Mm-hmm. So you know the soundtrack to that movie is by uh, someone named Wendy or Walter Carlos. There was a change at some point. Okay. Okay. In the or late '60s too, which feels like it's pretty above its time. But uh, Switched on Bach is this album, and I got it on vinyl, and it's all Bach tunes played on Moog synth, and it's like again 1970, 1969. And it's really cool to hear all the different sounds. So I've always appreciated it, but I've never dove into the synth world, like figuring out how to do the different things. Like yeah. I've always been an organ or a piano guy. Cool. Yeah, it's such a science and super overwhelming. I, I don't have enough too. time. That's yeah. it. It's like to <laughs> learn it's it properly. Like kind of like a language. It's like once you kind of get yeah, certain aspects, true. like how oscillators work and then LFOs work, like low frequency oscillators. Then there's a few other like key components, and then it's just a matter of like, because it's like when you first look at a mixing board and it looks really scary, yeah. But then you realize it's like, oh, it's just one strip multiplied like times, yeah. That's kind of like what a mod synth is. It's like three key components, and then there's like all these 
attachments. These attachments that are, <clears throat> yeah. It yeah, looks I, a little. I guess it, in, in my head, I think of like the setup that like uh, Dead Mouse has, like in in his. That's a little yeah. excessive. Yeah, it's yeah a little super excessive. excessive. All the little wires going in. And it out. looks yeah. like his an board. operator's room. Doesn't he have like, like a like Dolby a switchboard? Room? Yeah, he's got. Yeah, yeah he's got he runs a Dolby room that he's not even allowed to talk about the hardware that they put in there because it's all got like, a Tim experimental, his house. Oh, like wow. patent patent pending hardware. But he's got hooked up with it, and I think it's got a ridiculous amount of money spent in it, like somewhere around like thirty. Seven yep. mil, like on this room. Oh, yeah, that first, that first one, that's like his. Yeah, yeah look at all those like one. mod synths on the wall, and Jesus, look at what's crazy guy. is that he just doesn't know how to play piano or anything like that. I thought he was uh, he just, I thought he went to Humber for he programs everything in. I mean, yeah, he's like, I wish I could play the piano. That way, I wouldn't have to draw everything in. Yeah, but he's that's got a really good ear. He's got a really good. He's got a really good ear just for like composition yeah, and just for like his chords are amazing. Yeah. Um, I was gonna ask, do you have a prized piece of gear? Like, it doesn't have to be even like an instrument, like anything that you're just, you know, it's the first thing you take out of your house if it's burning down. I I would say maybe my uh, the first acoustic guitar I got is my favorite. I think it just rings true, and I haven't changed the strings in like four years, so it's all got gunky. But really, like, you just hit I hit a chord, and it's like it just feels right. And it was my it's like a two hundred dollar Fender acoustic or whatever, but it's just there's something about that that guitar that always just anytime i'm like sitting down to just drums of chords I'm like oh this yeah beautiful. there's that do you <laughs> think if you change the strings it'll uh lose some of its flavor? i'm a little worried it's gonna lose its, <laughs> its mojo there yeah do you ever gig with it um it doesn't plug in and i never had much luck with those like pickups you could put underneath the strings i did gig yeah. with it a couple times but it was just it sounded like shit so yeah i think if i had a really nice mic in front of it it would sound good but other than that yeah, I got, I got a similar situation with uh, this crummy little Fender Squire. Have oh, you, yeah. Have you changed the saddle on that yet? Uh, no, I haven't. Unbelievable. <laughs> Unbelievable, it, dude. It takes a lot, of, uh, Unbelievable. a lot of time to sit down and disassemble a guitar. You don't need to disassemble it. you're in a bad it. mood, too. Just, uh, <laughs> yep. Christian's always in a bad mood. That is not true. But, yeah, this thing just, it, I, I know it's cheap. I know all the hardware is crummy on it. Yeah. But it just has this specific sound that, like, I just love. Yeah. And, like, I've. It, it's I like think that's just the Strat sound. It's it. just that single coil, spanky, True. delicious, creamy smoothness that every <laughs> that sounds delicious. every position on that five way switch will provide. <laughs> All right, so I think we're coming up to an hour. You guys want to take a quick break? Sure. I cannot yep. believe you haven't put that saddle on. What do you want me to do? <laughs> put the saddle. We'll put the saddle on. on after the break. Be right back. Hey, hey, what's up? Welcome back. Wow, dude, that was pretty rough. <laughs> Wow, uh, we're back with Matt Widinger. Yes. yes. Yo. Where were we? Want to talk about um, the recording and stuff you've been doing at home? Oh yeah. Um, I've I've been trying to demo tunes at home. Like, I, at some point, I'd love to record like an album at home. I just the quality is always the question. Like, I've been having fun, like laying down guitar, piano, and then singing over it, and playing drums and playing bass to it, and like building a track up like that. Because I find writing songs, you can play an instrument and sing along, and I can record on my phone. But it's like ah, sometimes like hearing it with all the other dressings on it, it's like oh, okay, maybe the song's not done, but I can at least get a taste of what it could be. Yeah, rather than sure. like, well, this is shit. You know, <laughs> just trying to. There's a lot it, of that. How it sounds in your head. Yeah. Yeah. Now you just have the full bass like foundation That's out it. that you can hear, and it makes me practice drums, and it makes me practice all the instruments, and like. I spend time on them, so that's good. Do you have a set schedule for kind of how you practice and all that stuff? This year I started, like, 
doing Mondays and Tuesdays or I've been trying to like the first two months of the year I did really well with like Mondays and Tuesdays in January and February I shut my phone off and just like try to live in the real world and write and practice and record and like okay nothing, I'm not going to answer any emails I'm not going to do anything and that worked great I haven't, I haven't totally been able to get back to it but it started me on the process of like okay I'm going to write a bunch of songs on Monday and Tuesday and some of them aren't going to be good but that's okay and I got a, a lot of great ones out of it so I'm happy about that so like on say on a Monday would you just like plan an hour of playing piano and then play an hour of guitar or do you just kind of go sporadically as the days go um I would like I try to be creative on an instrument whether whatever it would be for a while and like see if I could get a start on something and then if I got like okay this isn't going anywhere then I would change over into like a technical mind like okay I, I'm not I'm not coming up with a chord structure or melody that I like so I'm going to sit at the organ and practice scales with my feet on the pedals and like work on something just to get away from that side of the brain and then I I'd do something and I go, oh, that's cool. This is neat. Uh, maybe, and then I'd record and then it would send me down another track. And Damn, that's pretty interesting. Yeah, yeah I, I kind of have the, the same way about playing and, and writing with guitar. And, and putting saddles on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Um, I would just mess around or, like, practice scales, like, all day. And then, I don't know, after 100, 200 repetitions of a certain scale, start to, like, break away from it. And then you go, oh, that's kind of neat. That's a neat little flourish you can put on that. Yeah. You make like a little mental note and then you go back to practicing scales and then something works with that previous chunk that you did and you go, oh, I, I might be able to build something slowly out of this. Yeah, you're just like noodling over music and you're, yeah. let's say, doing like the same runs and then you kind of like this chord is played and what you're playing, you're like, whoa. Like that. Cool. Sometimes and it even comes from me messing something up. Yeah, well, yeah, like, yeah, exactly. You messed up. Happy accident. Happy accident. Yeah. And then you start learning about theory and stuff. You're like, oh, like that's what that thing is. That that's why. Yeah, like that's why that works. Well, at least this book told me why it works. When you uh, when you started learning guitar, were you doing it on tabs or you're just doing sheet music? I, I did some. I, like I learned chords first, and then I kind of got into the tab thing. And I always liked chords because I could learn the chords on the piano too. And like mm-hmm. there was all those chord stuff available online, so mm-hmm. I could like okay hear this the chords of this bob dylan song and now i could just work on my rhythm on the piano and like okay i can play octaves with this hand and like so i kind of started like that on guitar too yeah yeah i don't know how i feel about tabs it's it's i think they're a good reason it's if you want to learn yeah really yeah if you it's a quick learn i feel yeah, yeah i yeah. feel like if you're on like a strict time schedule like let's say like if you're a session musician and you come in on the day of and you have to learn this like extra song it's like if you don't know theory tabs are great yeah it's like the cliff notes right yeah, yeah. spark notes spark notes yeah, yeah whatever whatever you want to call it <laughs> yeah cheat sheet cheat sheet um, um so what was the one thing called i'm trying to figure out that uh, <laughs> uh was there another one uh and uh, you birdie it was the one it's it's one that got shut down recently where people would quizlet quizlet i've yeah. never heard of a that. bunch of uh college students basically uploaded like the answers to quizzes that were pretty commonly used up into this database mm-hmm. so you would just search in this this website's database like questions and then just you shut it down i don't know did the professors of the world the revolt? Government, <laughs> dude. oh it's still up maybe you have to now uh pay for it pay subscription pay for it. yeah oh yeah that's Sign usually up. how these yeah, things get started go. but you used to be able to search like a question and yeah. then it would pop up and then you would just basically find the related quiz that it was on so when you would do online like quizzes and stuff for like your program at conestogo or whatever you could just have that open another tab just answer them all right if it's like the day before but obviously you're pretty sure you can just type the questions into google and you come up with some pretty similar answers 
We do not condone so cheating. What you're no. Is te- Get no, your education. Teachers need to be more original and create their own content. Uh, like teachers need to just to keep everybody teaching. else. <laughs> maybe the school maybe. board doesn't let them. I don't know. Like well, I don't know how it is being a teacher, but like maybe a... they're like, "You guys are going to use this. This is your yeah, idiot-proof you lesson right. plan that you can't fuck up." <laughs> and like seriously, because some teachers you are like, right, "Well, yeah. why is your..." You know, why are your students all failing in this one subject? Probably because you don't know how to teach it. Right. So they give, you know, teachers this idiot-proof lesson plan. And then uh, maybe that's what it is. And, you know, I don't, I don't know. Just yeah. a thought. Just a, just a I, I think you're probably on something. Hypothesis. I mean, any job where you're not your own boss, they're going to train you so you can do it in your sleep, basically. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, with your, your first record that you recorded, um, that was all done in studio? Yeah. Uh, Mostly in studio, and then I had fun like doing guitar solos or like acoustic or percussion stuff at home, singing backups and stuff right. like that. Where'd, Where'd you get it done? It sounds really good. Oh, thank you. Uh, there's a, a, a studio in Toronto. Where did I do this? At uh, oh man, I can't believe I'm not thinking about Revolution this Recording. No, um, I've done a <laughs> place, uh, place is fucking massive. Jeremy at, at Canterbury, Canterbury okay, Studio, cool. yeah. And they got a bunch of they've got like all my favorite keyboards there too. So that was cool. that was a treat. Sweet. Yeah. Um, is there things that you learned going through that process that you want to apply going forward? Oh, definitely. Like with the songwriting process, I feel like it's easy. I really hate songwriting sometimes. I love it and I hate it. I hate it because it's I just that thing of like do something and you try and it's like I don't think this is good or this sounds too close to that. But yeah. Um. I've been trying to work on like, yeah. okay, I got an idea and now I'm going to keep going with it and like seeing how I can go farther. Like, sure. sure, this is great. And this is, I usually get like a feeling like, okay, this is where it's stuck in my head, the part. It's like, okay, that's, that's great. Now what if we did this? Or like, I used to get frustrated when I'd write songs and people would like tear them apart and like, well, don't get too hung up on anything. It's like, well, but I like that thing, you know? So I'm trying to do that myself more. Like, I got a basis of a song or I got some stuff and just keep working on it, keep revising it. Like what's it, make it the best it can be. So, so be I, like I, nitpicky about it and be. Yeah, like be, do that stuff more that I don't like to. But don't you feel like there's a point where you kind of have to just like abandon it and be like, okay, like it's as good as it can be. Like I'm doing too much on it. I'm overthinking totally. it. Yeah. Or sometimes I go back and I go, oh, that was better how I had it originally. Yeah, so, yeah exactly. But I think the process, it just helps with like making sure you're not sticking with something just because it's easy or, you know. I, I think it's it's kind of weird as a musician because the successful musicians, you rarely see their process. Like maybe now with um, YouTube, like little short documentary channels and stuff coming around and lots of podcasts getting... Now. Sorry? I think it's more important than ever now to see the process of... Oh, definitely. <clears throat> but, those musicians, yeah. yeah. But I mean, it, it, generally in the past, you, you didn't see like all the studio work that went into making like a Beatles record. It was yeah. the Beatles record came out and it was the best thing you ever heard yeah. and you just went... Wow, these people are genius. Yeah. But I feel like... Oh, yeah, the producers never got credit because it was just like a weird... It was a time when, you know, with all the analog equipment being the only thing you could use to record, it seemed like the... uh, It was very mysterious, like the role of the engineer. They were like... It was like, you know, like you imagine guys in lab coats, like turning this wall of knobs and it just... Everybody smoking cigarettes. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But I feel like that kind of contributes to why, as an artist, you might feel like, oh, this this is like the, the crummy part of the thing just because like it, it was never like a romanticized aspect of, I, of like putting a record together yes and no like I, I feel like that is like 
that process is part of the romantic thing. Like I think about the band in their little cabin in, in Woodstock and like waking up every morning and everybody's just playing and like we'll work, work through the tunes for the day and then we'll throw the football around, you know? Cool. It was, it was more just like I, uh, yeah, I just, I get, I get really hard on myself with working through that stuff and I always wanted to be perfect and I always compare it to like, well, is this as good as the songs I like? And I don't know if it'll ever be that, but you know, it's like, well, then why don't you just keep doing other people's music, you know? Sure. Do you yeah. still think that way? Like when you create something after creating music for so long, do you still look at it like, oh, how is this compared to, you know, my favorite artist? Or do you see your music more objectively that it's like it just exists and therefore like I worked my best, on, like I did my best on it? And uh, I'm trying to fight for that mentality. I always compare and I, I shouldn't. Yeah. But same it's, here. It's like, uh, <laughs> Um, just a little hand in the corner. <laughs> what you guys doing over there? Just, just squishing just, heads. He's just grooming him. Just grooming him Leave over there. Leave my head alone, bit. dude. <laughs> Tired of this game. Is this the magic of television? It can happen. This isn't television, dude. What is this? What this is doing? the internet. <laughs> Welcome to the world, dude. Okay. Uh, I lost my train of thought. Sorry. Um, uh, we were talking about um. Oh, the songs. Yeah, like, like uh, the, still looking comparing. at your so- Yeah, do you still compare them or do you look at them a little bit more objectively? I try to think more so now that like maybe I could write a song that someone else would feel like I feel when I hear a song I really like. Like, uh, you know, try to get myself off of it a bit like because it's like it's too much self-thought. How do I like this? Is this as good as I think it should be? It's like, well, maybe you could do something, make a piece of music that like someone else feels the same way. And they're like, Oh my God, this perfect, this person like perfectly described a feeling that I have or something like that. So it's like, if I can think more about that and I remove myself from it, then I have an easier time going because it's not like, well, yeah. you're going to write this and then someone's going to hear this and they're going to go like, oh, wow, that's what you think? Yeah. Or like, well, you probably could have done a better way of describing that. Well, songwriting is <laughs> pretty subjective. Yeah. Well, I think you nailed it. So on, on the record, not only with uh, the instrumentation, taking inspiration from the bands that I, I know you, you're, you, you've listened to your whole life, it's still got a freshness and a newness to it that makes it appealing and original and not just a like a like a rip off of of the artists yeah, that you yeah. like and then on top of that the lyrics that you've written for for some of the music is like extremely like personal sounding yeah so that was intended like you you want people to 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 relate with the the lyrical material um i i'm i'm when i started writing that those songs like i was kind of just like writing stuff and 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 trying different things out but uh, what I kept hearing from different people who I respected who play music is like the best songs are always the most honest songs. So I just like said, well, fuck it. Then I'm just going to write down and write how I feel because nobody can argue with that. So I just try to do that. And like some of it now still, I'm like, oh man, I, you know, I wouldn't want to take anything back. Cause it's like, I'm glad with the product of it and stuff, right. but it's like that, that was my idea behind that. I'm just going to write how I feel. And and I'm going to write songs about it and maybe people will like them. You know? Yeah, well, I, I thought it was really cool. It was painting like very clear pictures. It, it wasn't like like a muddled up lyrical content. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah like th- th- this is pretty like clear as day, like how he's feeling. It's pretty. It's, yeah. Some of it was funny to listen to. Yeah. Some of it's kind of like uh, a, a little more emotional. Well, yeah, and I wanted to just like uh, I can't. I can't stand bullshit as I'm sure many of you can. So it's like watching entertainment and watching different kinds of, of uh, people in, in arts careers. It's like, I can't stand fake stuff. And I, so yeah. I just was like, I can't have any part of that. I'm just going to 
be completely myself in whatever way I can, you know. Cool. And it it was really fun listening to it as well, knowing you predominantly as as like a cover artist. Like I, yeah. I know you do play your own original material when you travel around, but most of the times when I caught you, it's a lot of covers and stuff. We're having going fun on. at a bar, playing tunes, right. people going. Yeah. And I I didn't know if you had a record out when I started doing like a little bit of background before you were coming on the show. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, there there is an album here, and I I put the thing on, and I'm listening to it. I'm like, wow, this is really fucking awesome oh, thank you well that makes me feel great i appreciate that <laughs> for uh yeah just for somebody that you, you don't really see them out in the wild playing playing a, a ton of that material like wow he's, he's got chops in in both avenues yeah. it's oh. like you, you could really take it either way Much do you find that um playing you know live throughout the city building up towards this album like really helped you approach every instrument like equally like vocals or you know even like down to things like lyrics and like groove and all this kind of stuff or do you feel like looking back now on the album's release that there was something where you're like oh man i wish i really took more time to like make there's both i don't know there's both there's there's things that where i'm like okay maybe i could have i could have done this a little bit differently uh but most of it's like uh, if you don't do it, you're, it's not going to be there. So like, I'm glad I did it because now I can go, hey, I think it's about two years ago I released it. And I'm like, I I had lots of second guesses about that, but the fact that I did it and I made myself release it and like do it, it's out there now. And now I can do it again. It's like, you know, uh, one of my favorite things people say about albums is like an album is just a snapshot. If you can have an album as like a snapshot at a person's career at that point in their life, then that's an accomplishment and if the yeah. next one is completely different that's like neil young you know you got harvest and then you got on the beach i don't know if you're familiar with both those albums but harvest is like all these hits and the old man and and then on the beach is like everybody's just high jamming out for <laughs> like 12 minute songs and and just and neil's like well that's where i was yeah, at the time i love like, that though when bands switch it up like every time it's like you know bands who will be like super raw with something and then they'll kind of start to explore these other avenues other genres yeah. and then they go back to like the first album sound and we, they we've do a talked concept about record this... or something and yeah it's all it's just appreciated grow, I guess. sometimes i just you know it <laughs> seems like when bands try to make their like magnum opus album every single time it gets it's too like formula yeah it's yeah. just like all right i know how this band's gonna sound like i don't want to listen to song that got me into this band versions four five six seven eight totally you know what i mean we've talked about this a couple times on here um so it it's cool that you bring up the idea of uh it being a snapshot or like a polaroid of a a specific time in an an artist's career yeah um and we've talked about this idea where do you think it's important that when an artist kind of comes across a mindset and a message they want to bring across in their music that they do that in a relatively short time span as opposed to dragging out the album creation process over in today's uh, world like so, yeah in today's yeah. world over like several months or even years at a time do you think it's important to to get that snapshot done in, in a quick time frame or somewhere in the middle i think like yeah i think you can't rush it i've seen both sides of it in the sense of uh i've 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 had i've got like videos taken of shows and i haven't put them out because uh, it's not quite ready it's not quite good no it's not good enough and it's like i wish i had put some of that stuff out mm-hmm. And I've also gone, oh, this is good enough. That's fine. And then I, you know, well, I maybe should have put some more time. So I think just trying to find a good, either finding that like core of like in oneself of here's my goal. Here's what I want to accomplish. And like knowing, okay, I, that's what, that's, it's done. Or having a support 
team around you of like people yeah. you trust who you'd be like, hey, is this? They're gonna go, you're just putting shit on top of it. Yeah, now, having a good team done, that can kind of call out your bullshit and that's smell it. it. Like that's the best part about. That's like a good functioning band for whatever period of time is just like someone who can say in the most constructive way like this sucks yeah like this is not necessary and you can trust their opinion and be like well why you can first you know try to get them to justify it and you'd be like oh yeah i never thought about that yeah that makes sense like yeah okay cool because it's not good to get too emotionally attached to like you know if you're working on this sweet riff but it doesn't mix the rest of the song but it's the first thing you wrote and it's just super internalized sometimes it's like the worst part of the song yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, but if it got you to the other song, part of the song, then it did its job. Yeah, yeah sure, definitely. Sure, yeah. So um, I wanted to ask, where are you kind of at right now with your musical goals? Like, is there anything that you're trying to strive for excelling in? Like, um, uh, you I'm, know, let's say like a certain instrument or like lyricism or whatever, melody. Uh, blah, 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 I've yeah. had some, I had some gigs coming up over the last couple months uh, where... I was going to play pedals on the organ. So the Hammond organ's got like two octaves of pedals on that you can plug in and out. And uh, like the when the instrument was first made, it was like, yeah, you're playing with your feet and you're playing chords with your left hand and you're soloing, you're playing chords with your right hand. And I just want to master it. So like I booked gigs. Cool. Like a, a while ago, I did some gigs at pubs where we do like Neil Young tunes and I wouldn't book a bass player. It would just be organ, guitar and drums. And I play the bass parts and, I, you know, screwed some of it up, but it's cool. like, that's ah, the best place to learn. So I did, uh, I did a show at the start of April, uh, for the, the Kitchener Blues Fest launch. And, uh, I got the opening act for that. So I, uh, I put together, I, with a guitar player and a drummer and I said, I'm going to play pedals on this. And it was kind of like, it was a bigger show. So it was like a, a real kick in the ass. Like, okay, you got to play every day and. <laughs> And I, I'm much more confident with it now. So I'll do that. I'll book gigs where it's like, okay, I play mandolin too. It's like, I'm going to play a bunch of songs on mandolin and I got to, I got to, so I got to make sure because I can't screw the gig up. So I got to do it, you know? Yeah. I think there's a, a video up on your YouTube channel of you playing some mandolin in your living room. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, wow, this, this guy really just does it all. Uh, ideally, <laughs> like if I just had, like, I've always just wanted time to like spend as much time with the instruments and like, I, I like learning new instruments by just picking them up and like how does it feel in my hand and what is this and and you know sure. like taking the time to do that and then learning theory and stuff later but just like like it's a tactile it's like i love i love just learning shit like that and having it around i got a banjo i've been working on just for that cool. one is it like the legit banjo with like it's a, short a tenor string, tenor with, with five string oh, okay so, so it's, it's not... a full size like That's it's cool. it's got a longer neck than it's the usual uh, and it's an old Gibson too. I'm, I'm just borrowing it, so that's been cool. My science teacher told me that there's a technique called the bum titty, on the uh, on the banjo. <laughs> on the banjo, <laughs> really? Yeah. The bum. Titty. Is that bum titty bum titty bum titty bum titty? <laughs> I guess that's what I would guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah, rhythm. For sure. That's really funny. Um, yeah. Do Do you find like this this childlike sense of like wonder when you pick up like a new instrument that you oh, may have never yeah. picked up before? A big time, or like a getting to play a, a like one of those vintage keyboards or. Like the organ's cool because organ's got these things called draw bars and each draw bar is a different tone and it's supposed to replicate the pipe on an organ with like 16 foot, 8 foot. So like you hold one note down and it goes, but it makes all those oh, on top of each other. Cool. So like the high draw bars are all crystally sounding. So you've got eight, I think it's eight or nine of these of these things you can pull out that go zero to eight and each uh it, you could just make sounds with it. So you could just spend days like, what if I pull that one out of this? And I always have fun trying to think of new That's tones awesome. and stuff and endless possibilities. So 
yeah that, that's super cool i i think these guys have what's that little like coconut shaped oh the kalimba the kalimba yeah yeah. Oh, yeah. those yeah. little metal bars that kind of bend in and when you oh, hit them yeah. it's like it's in a like a major piano. scale or something like that oh, and then cool. you just kind of play and it sounds good no matter what christian doesn't like it it seems like no i do like it i, I was just gonna i i wanted to bring up uh, jared like bought one at like a magician's shop like many many years <laughs> oh, ago yeah. what's it, magical about it i have no <laughs> no clue but he went into a shop that sells like like card trick uh decks and instructions yeah. and all, all that kind of stuff and he comes out with a kalimba and uh I, re- I remember just picking this thing up and i probably spent just like an hour and a half just yeah, messing they, with they this, use it uh, for uh, musical therapy and stuff like that oh yeah, yeah. Oh, probably because it's just super easy to use right like any you're yeah not, it's, you, you can you, see what does what and it's, yeah. it's relaxing to play yeah. it like the the way the rods like reverberate yeah. the, the feeling of the thing in, in the palm of your hands but it's like such a simple and I, instrument and i think the intervals between each are set up that they're not like in a linear fashion yeah. so like if you just like hit like two that are it's beside each other it's like a pretty wide interval that is that like a harp can sound too? i think that might be kind of similar i've never that. really looked into like what how a harp works with like its notes and like mm. how they're spread out because i know some like harp strings are like color-coded where you yeah. say like, there's like a green one and a red one and they kind of repeat so i can imagine <laughs> those would be like the octaves or something but i yeah i don't know I don't know anybody who plays a harp. Yeah, we were just talking about this earlier. It's like the person who plays a harp, like, you know, you just, it, it's kind of one of the weirdest things to set up because you just kind of like take this giant thing out of a case and you just sit there and you're just like, <laughs> oh, you're yeah. Like caressing it. You're kind of just like, yeah, yeah. I play in it's a, a band, beautiful instrument, though. Uh, one of the bands I play in, Romeo Sex Fighter, who plays around town a lot. Yeah. because uh, you're awesome. The drummer's wife plays the harp. And it's so like, I've heard her play it before. And it's, it's so it's, crazy. When it's played well like that, it's like, oh my God, what, a, yeah. Yeah, what an I, angelic there, instrument. There's always That's this what I was woman say, that I, I like catch at uh, the Kitchener Market. Oh, yeah. Uh, is, is that her? Uh, no. Oh, okay. There okay. it is. Well, there, yeah, there's a woman that oh, hangs out there. So I guess that's that... the order. Like, I guess it goes. Okay, interesting. So it's like, yeah. Uh, yeah, and I'll catch her like play. <laughs> uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> thanks, for, thanks for great. showing me this. <laughs> no, I, I'll catch her at the market playing the harp, and it, it's just like this really like angelic sound that kind of washes over the whole crowd out there. Yeah, I think it's the drone of it. Like when yeah. those notes ring on, and like chords are being made, and a little bit of tension maybe here and there. But yeah, the worst droning is bagpipes. Yeah, that's an instrument I don't ever care to pick up, I think. No. I I was trying to think the other day if they could have come up with a better name for the The bagpipes. The misery bag. (laughs) The blowhard. People call it (laughs) the blowhard. Yeah, and basically at at the end of my thought Ah. exercise, there was no better name. (laughs) Just the bagpipes. We'll just leave it at that. I hear people call the harmonica the misery whistle. The misery whistle. (laughs) I like yeah, the I guess harmonica. harmonica a lot. It's a nice instrument to hear, but it's like there's kind of this like uh, I don't want to say like pensive, but it's like this slightly kind of yeah like moody, um, melancholy like vibe to it when you hear a harmonica. Do you think it's just because it's associated with like a time of like uh, like like the Great Depression? Like you can't go out and buy like a nice huge piano, but anybody can pick up a little harmonica yeah. for like a couple cents back in the day. Right? I think with the harmonica, it's just kind of like where I've heard it and what it reminds me of in a nostalgic way like right. i heard it in certain kinds of movies where like some guy'd be like on a dock or something right. or you yeah. know or the train say, vagabond yeah. in the train yeah, yeah. exactly yeah. the train or like um i remember playing the legend of zelda and ocarina oh, of time yeah. what was the theme song that used a harmonica i think it was in the on the ranch like the lon lon ranch oh, i'm not sure oh man that's um, bringing back some memories yeah where it's like <laughs> oh how did that how did it go 
I don't know. I don't want to. I don't want to botch it. Sticking around. No, we're not. We're not getting into this. You I a would, gamer? Uh, when I was younger, I I uh, I just stopped playing. Like my parents took the video games away because I just fucking lose it. Like I'd just be playing something you, like, like you Zelda. Go oh yeah, like lose the level. It's like controllers going across the room. Like, yeah, I, I I had that problem too, and I I, I hear from a lot of my uh, my male counterparts that everybody kind of suffered from this. Yeah. Yep. Like, Zelda was one of those games. I was like, I can't do yeah. this. I'm not smart enough. Yeah, I, I remember the first time I picked up um, was it Majora's Mask where on N64 where it's like the the, the world is ending and yep. the moon is time slowly coming in. Yeah. And w when that game first came out, I, I had no concept of a video game like this. Mm -hmm. And I'm like playing it and the it's clock beautiful. runs all the way out and I didn't accomplish a single thing and the world ended and I'm just like, wow. I'm not as smart as I thought I was. Yeah. <laughs> I'll come back to this in 15 years. Yeah. I, I should have another stab at it. I'm sure I'd love it now. Yeah. <laughs> I, I've, gotten, I've gotten a lot more calm yeah. when I play video games. Are you sure about that? Yes. When he, play, when he plays video games was in the brackets. <laughs> <laughs> um, so back to like oh, yeah. uh, the... Are we going through a... Oh, we're going through an Alice Coltrane. Uh, cool. Um, back to when you recorded your album. So we asked like... Or I, I had asked if there was things that you learned that you were going to uh, bring with you, like going forward. Yeah. Was there anything that you want to leave in the dust and never do again? Um, too much uh, self-doubt. Yeah. Yeah, I would say. Go with I'm, your gut. Yeah, go with my gut and just like again. And when I think about, okay, maybe I could write a song that somebody can just be driving around one day and go oh man okay i'm having a shit day but this is making me feel better or something like if i can get into that mentality then i i'm, I'm just trying to do that like just you know get it as far as you can show it to some people you like and then just go actually yeah yeah that's what i'm I, there's if there's less self-doubt that would be great <laughs> well cool it sounds like you're you're on the right track i'm trying damn it musicians <laughs> self-doubt is like recipe hand for disaster hand. but it's the most common yeah they go hand in hand exactly I swear to god this is from a dead weather song dead weather yeah who's dead weather uh, that's Scott. from a Jack White's band right yeah oh. I feel like it's from one of his songs did you guys hear his new singles that came out no uh, oh no was it the it was the Rack on Tours they oh, have new music tour coming out yeah, yeah. yeah they put out back. a couple new songs fucking A that band is uh Pretty good. Yeah, I think yeah, it was like months ten ago, years. Now that you're gone, any any and they also like did Sunday. So less than tools still. Wow. Yeah, Jack, yeah, Jack White, White is one really of the last few guy. like Third Man Records. I just pure rock it. and rollers. You know, yeah. like uh, one of the, the last of a dying his breed. At least in the in the in the mainstream. His vinyl world. pressing plant is crazy. Yeah, have you seen that? I've I've seen clips of it. Yeah, and they do the live shows straight to. Straight to like they'll record a band live straight to vinyl. yeah and they'll yeah. just press it like right there so, like, so they or you can go like, in a booth of... and just like put in a coin and record your voice right into the vinyl yeah that's cool I've seen like a number of videos from uh, people who are kind of in Jack White circles yeah. and occasionally you'll see like these videos that come up from like parties at his place where it'll be like a ton of like crazy famous musicians and then they're like putting on like like some local artist that nobody's yeah, ever killer. really like listened to before yeah. and like jack white will like hop in and like play a song with them and stuff and it, it looks like a really cool like cool. but apparently jack white's kind of a bully a bully oh really yeah the uh he was getting mad at the black keys for kind of ripping off the one guitarist one drummer thing what? That's yeah. that's kind of bullshit though. Yeah, like, you can't like, you can't be mad about ripping off it. like a 
Yeah, you can't dibs like a band arrangement. <laughs> right. And he's just right? being like a douche about it, and they're they just called him out, and they said that he's kind of like a high school bully. That's such a I wonder strange. What he I wonder what he did though to like, because uh, I'm sure he said, you know, don't do this again or else <laughs> get another member. Well, did or you hear? Else? Did you hear about um, like, the Red basis, Hot Chili Peppers man. and like uh, Mr. Bungle? No, because Mr. Bungle, I think it was Mr. Bungle or Faith No More. I think it was fi- maybe Faith No More. They had that uh, one of their first songs, their first singles that made them really famous, sounded a lot like the Chili Peppers, and because they were getting a lot of attention, uh, Anthony Kiedis was like. He had like a vendetta on them, and he would I basically was, like uh, oust them from playing uh, like f- the same festivals that they were playing. I feel like it, that's a it really was Mr. Bad Bungles. <laughs> yeah, nobody wants to see Bungles. that. Yeah, it might it might have been Mr. Yeah, Bungle. Yeah, sure. it might have been Mr. Bungle. Was, but I remember I think Adam telling us telling me that story. Yeah, it's uh, it's kind of strange. Like, imagine your management's like, "Hey, you're not going to play this festival anymore." It's like, why? It's like because this other band doesn't. Chili like Pepper said you're out. Chili yeah. Pepper said you're out. <laughs> the weirdest thing I've seen somebody get mad at somebody else over is um. Feet. I think somebody from the Red Hot Chili Peppers getting pissed off at Nick Olivieri from Queens of the Stone Age for going on stage naked. Like, we did it first, man. Oh my god, man. It's like, really? <laughs> yeah, when people don't say anything about something like that, I just feel like it's like you took the high road and you look better for it. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Just like, oh, why, of course. But then there's like, these weird... are just like big ego clash yeah. things, right? Like, Those it's are... not even a real thing. It's not like, hey, you stole like a riff from us, or yeah. it's like, hey, you're you, on you stage stole naked. a girlfriend from one yeah. of us, or something like well, that. Well, that's a whole other thing with like um, people who try to take other people to court for like intellectual property. There yeah. are some things that are obviously ripped off, but there are some things where the similarity is too thin that you're like, okay, well, think about it. There's really 12 notes. Yeah. So the combination of, you know, notes that you can play like let's say like in a melody against whatever combination of chords like yeah there's a lot of combinations but things are gonna uh, th- oh, sound yeah. similar yeah alan know? cross does a whole like some bizarre circus music <laughs> <laughs> yeah. alan cross does this whole special on the ongoing history of new music where it's i, I think it's about a 55 minute episode okay. where it's like the the title of the episode is like sonic coincidence or ripoff and it's just like these unsolved kind of Alan Crust is this did a certain artist copy another artist or did they just stumble into an arrangement that sounds similar oh yeah I find that once in a while they'll be like I think if it's like a b-side or something then I'm I'm like okay well maybe this was just your favorite song and you wanted to use a little bit of it but when it's pretty close sometimes you guys just kind of took that didn't you yeah for sure yeah Amy Schumer it's funny too like sometimes you'll just be like riffing on guitar or piano or whatever and you just accidentally play a melody to something you didn't mean to play and yeah like and somebody's like what is that i know it yeah yeah and you're like no no please it's mine please i know it's my own please don't say that it's like the, that's the, one of the most crushing things you I can know. hear as a musician when you're kind of just like noodling in the corner and someone's yeah. like but in your mind you're like sounds kind of cool wow, and you're like sick. playing something and then someone's like from across the room they're like yo what is that i swear i've heard that somewhere you're like Start changing the riffs. Start yeah. changing the riffs. <laughs> you're just like, don't talk to me. <laughs> I thought I had a gig once. I had a song that was kind of similar to another song. I can't remember. Like, I had a different melody and some of the, it had a similar feel. And I thought, no, oh, okay, this is this is okay. And I did it at a gig and someone started singing the other song over what oh. I was playing. And I just it was like, oh, like fuck. well, okay, because I can't play this. <laughs> oh, that's where Damn. it's from. <laughs> yeah. Where do you, where do you get your inspiration from now? So you, where do you get your ideas from? Oh my god! <laughs> well, you were you were saying like uh, 
back towards like the start of high school maybe yeah. there was like a bunch of records you would listen to that really like lit a fire for you yeah where where do you pull from creatively um, at this point in your life i i still like the same artists like you know they'll always be the, the neil youngs and and all those artists who i like and then i sometimes i'll hear new bands who hint at the older stuff that I like, and I go, okay. Well, what do you think of Greta Van Fleet? Is that the one that sounds exactly I'm, like Led Zeppelin? I'm yeah. torn yeah. because I, I'm seeing a, a bunch of young dudes who are really super talented, yep. who are out there now writing music, and like, like now there's kids who are, or you know, in high school or younger who can go see a band that fucking rocks on a big stage, and they're current. Not that there's not other bands like that, but like in that sense. But I, part of me thinks there's somebody who just went, hey, we're going to make you guys sound exactly like Led Zeppelin, and then yep. you're going to blow up, and then you can go and do, go in a different direction, but this will work. And it, yep. it did. It did. Same thing with if Wolf. That's the way... Same thing happened with Wolf Mother. Apparently, oh, yeah. Apparently, Jimmy Page had heard Greta Van Fleet and said something along the lines of, hey, I, I heard there's this band that sounds just like us. Yeah. I like them a lot. <laughs> well, okay. you can't you can't take away that that guy can sing. Yeah. And it's it's like, so there's a band, you, do you know the band Rival Sons? Yeah. Yep. They rock. Mm-hmm. They're Zeppelin influenced. Yeah, for sure. But they've got their own sound. Yeah, they don't, their influence isn't so obvious. Yeah. And I feel like uh, I like that more, preferably out of an artist. It's like when you're kind of, your, influ- your influence is kind of uh, hidden amongst like what you're writing. You know, you hear like little moments like, oh, that's cool. Like I can tell. They like this yeah. artist, yeah. but now even even if let's say the lead singer of Greta Van Fleet was in another band, I still think he would be harkened back to oh, you sound like well, it's the vocal inflections and it's yeah, the way he sings. Right. I got a good one if you want to look something up. There's a Rival Sun song called "Pressure and Time," which was their big hit. Well, one of the at least the first tune I heard. I'll throw that on, and then we'll uh, we'll take you down to Led Zeppelin. This is, I like this video too, but yeah, he's just wailing. Yeah. Yeah, and I think when you see someone like Jimmy Page kind of saying he likes a band that he addresses sounds like his band that kind of started this whole movement. Yeah. I wonder if that's something that he. I wonder if he would have said the same thing if he was younger. No. Like, oh, our, probably not. No. He's, he's that, got nothing see, to worry that's about the thing. Now. It's like exactly <laughs> now that you're like a successful millionaire and you're like, yeah, like I'm, I'm, I'm like a rock god. Yeah, it doesn't anybody matter. Anybody can rip me off. I'll take it as a brilliant music. Yeah. yeah. He's like, yeah, I'm a rock god. Anybody, if they rip me off, it's a compliment at this point. How sure. do you feel about uh, Led Zeppelin ripping, ripping off all those? Uh, well, that's the other thing. Yeah, that's the other. Yeah, exactly. Just never exactly. crediting any. any There's of a whole them. thing. There's that's a whole other thing with that's like you know, Led Zeppelin. Doing that, and there's that whole they, they kind of taboo situation. Kind of thing, but like, yeah, they they manifested it into like their own kind of well, like it's just like the Oasis thing too. Like, apparently, Oasis was notorious for stealing music from uh, other bands that were in the same jam halls as them. Oh, like, they would hear them practicing oh, that's like awful. a room over, and Oasis <laughs> so would like scummy. grab this a bass. This is the hook. Yeah, yeah, they would like grab a real riffy, catchy bass line, and they would tweak it up a little bit, maybe put some effects on it. But play it really quietly. Yeah. Oh yeah, but imagine being the band that made that, and you're just kind of like, you know, you're just hanging out after a jam or something, and you kind of hear, wait, you hear Wonderwall, and you're like, that's on the radio. Yeah, imagine that you fucking made Wonderwall. You're like, it's my fucking song, and you nobody would believe you. It's my fucking song. They're like, 
Yeah, who's fucking gonna believe yeah, you? Yeah, the Gallagher <laughs> brothers would just beat you up. Get them, boys. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, if you want to look up, check out uh, Led Zeppelin "Out on the Tiles." You know that tune? Yeah. So it's basically the same lick as this song. Okay, I've never uh, out on the. Also got the same like kind of groove with like sing. All right, let's see. Now, the other thing I think about with Greta Van Fleet yes. is all those guys are so young. I think they were like 16 it's... or 17 when they're, they were first put yeah, in the studio definitely. with that Alan, record. Alan, do you mind turning that up a little bit on and the YouTube player? The okay. chops that they all have is like impeccable. That's good. That's good. But I yeah, think they just the need time thing. to grow it. Yeah, it is the Now, same. go back. Go back uh, two pages or two clicks, man. Two clicks. So it's the same yeah. kind of lick, but he's got a different chorus. He's got a different melody. So that, yeah. that in my mind, I go, well, they, they, they've borrowed, but it, it, they've made it their own. Yeah. And yeah. I think that's kind of what, like, propels a genre to exist over the course of a few years. Like, especially something that's new is some artist comes along, they make something that's amazing and no one's ever heard anything like it before and then every up-and-comer after that wants to just rip them off and then eventually it just kind of manifests into these like you know some bands go way far off and where i was saying before where their influence is more hidden some just sound like a direct rip off them but when you look back on it 10 years there's like 50 bands that kind of made you know the genre what it is yeah and you look at it, you're like okay cool like yeah sure these artists share similar like riffs but you have to think about, like, these artists were also touring with each other, sitting in, like, the green room, like, sharing licks. Hearing Buddy play. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I heard something cool about, in that kind of sense, uh, about drummers from this era, in the early 70s, is that, like, so everybody's had Zeppelin to listen to and Deep Purple to listen to and Sabbath to listen to. But when they were teenagers, like, the drummers especially, this stuff all, all swings, like, because they were all listening to jazz drummers, like yeah. Ian Pace or... Uh, or John Bonham, or who's the guy from uh, Black Sabbath? Uh, oh. Uh, oh, I'm not going to help you out on that one. <laughs> well, but they, like you hear this, yeah. the swing influence and the jazz stuff, it's like because they were growing up listening to that stuff. But now all the rock bands from the 80s and stuff grew up listening to Led Zeppelin, so it just right. it just rocked. It didn't roll. It's a drummer. Oh, I know this. I can't think of names today. Uh... Did you get it? John. Bill Ward? Oh, Bill Ward. Bill Bird. That does not even ring a bell to me. Uh, oh, man. He used to... Did I they read... have a drummer that passed away? Right, you can can the song. Um, or we get copyrighted. We're going to get canned. <laughs> they, I don't think they had a drummer that passed away. No, he, they kicked him out at some point because he, he couldn't keep it going. He couldn't... Like, when they were touring at the end of the 70s, he would go out with a little drum set in front of the auditorium and basically beg for booze money. What? Because he had already spent his advance, and jeez, yeah, that's that's a problem. But he was <laughs> awesome, man. <laughs> There's a song called "Wicked World" by Black Sabbath, and you can hear he was listening to jazz. Like this is the, this is their kind of you know the drumming, especially. And he's just he's he's yeah he's giving it hell. I you know what's going uh, for a record today? You want to you know a, another fun little uh, fact? Uh, yes. Tell us. music nugget. What like is to. it? So uh, Led Zeppelin, when the levee breaks, yeah. uh, Bonham's drum kit was recorded through the floor of a house. 
So he was put in the basement, and they had the whole mic operation on the middle floor. Oh, it was yeah. in a stairwell. Got, like, this, was it a stairwell? It was a stairwell. Christian, oh, okay. you're yeah, spitting on yeah. truth. Ah. Oh my god. So what it was? It was, it was uh, it was okay. a stairwell, and he was in the center of the stairwell, and I think there was like mics like oh, okay, okay. throughout. Like yeah, to get that super dissonant sound. They yeah. had the mobile, this mobile recording unit at the time, and Machine Head Deep Purple was recorded on it. And they, I think the Rolling Stones owned it, but they would, you know, everyone's buddies. So it's like, hey, can we use it for the weekend? And they'd hire someone yeah. to go out. Yeah, you can definitely tell, though, like the jazz influence. Yeah, and now it's rock. Yeah, it goes straight into like 4 OS or some like little embellishments here and there that are off time. Love this shit, man. Oh, this first album just kills. Do you do you ever listen to any uh, quote unquote stoner rock, which is uh, kind Queens of like Stone a Age? You uh, think so? Yeah, yeah, big time. It's like Descendants of the Black Sabbath inspired. Not, to, I'm bad with the new music stuff. Like I, the stuff that I listen to that's new has either been forced upon me or I've stumbled on by accident. But like, what's your favorite new artist? Like Death Grips? I would say Deer Tick. Oh, Deer, Deer Tick, Tick is sweet. Awesome. I saw, yeah. I've seen them a bunch of times. Like Deer Tick, that guy for sure. John McCulley is his name. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> oh yeah, when I had moments of just being like just an angry dude in life, and I'm driving around listening to him, like I'm like, this guy's just. I know exactly what you're talking about, man. And he like bleeds <laughs> through the throat, screaming it out. So I just love it. So uh, who forces this music upon you? Do you, do you have some confidants that you Powell. trust their recommendations? Oh, or? yeah, like music buddies and stuff, yeah. like guys I play with or if I see something going around. But it's like, I don't know, it's like with TV shows sometimes, you know, when somebody keeps telling you to watch something, and you're like, well, fuck you, now I'm never going to watch this. Yeah. Game oh, of yeah. Thrones. You know? Oh, yeah. Yeah, me too. I've never seen an episode yeah, of Game no, of Thrones. That's right. Star Wars. episode is great. Yeah. Yeah, we don't care. None of us on, none of us on this couch do. <laughs> yeah, that's all right. That's but all that's right. it. But So with bands, it's like if someone keeps like – it Shout out to Patrick Howell. Like, oh, yeah. I'm probably not going to listen to it. But um, movies sometimes. I like. I find a lot of my favorite songs by like watching a movie and then all of a sudden this song comes on and I'm like, there's a song, there's a great artist named Henry Wolf who's Meryl Streep's son and he's got a song called uh, Someone Else and it was in this movie that John C. Riley was in and I've played this now. This is one of my favorite songs to play at gigs because it's like, feels like the kinks kind of to me and cool. it was at the perfect point in the movie and it just like hit the Hit, hit the right point and I was like what is this so I love finding movies songs through movies yeah I, I, when I was younger that was like one of the premier ways for me to find new music yeah think about when you were a kid and you were watching like you know kids movies but there was like you know think about like uh like the Lion King with like Elton John over yeah. it and you were like yeah, you didn't exactly. know <laughs> <laughs> you didn't know that like that was but that song was catchy and then you realize you know this guy made these other great songs but you know, when you listen to them, you have this, like, there's just sub something subconscious that makes you kind of love them even more because they've been with you since, like, you've been a child, right? Or the point in the movie, like, if something like, emotional was going on yeah. or something, like, really cool and the song comes yeah. on, then it's like, every time I hear that song, I'm like, Puts you in that oh, man, that's that point in, you know, the movie. I'm back yeah. at the movie. Some bands are really good at setting a mood with just the music alone, though. And yeah. That's, I think kind of what i've been trying to trent reznor does it very yeah. well trent oh, reznor's yeah. a great does a great job with that uh death grips does even though well so, like some stuff really drives a point um even people like deftones like even though their stuff was way more raw and kind of rough around the, the edges like albums kind of bonkers yeah but they're like good at i saw them live and yeah they had they're just really good at setting a mood i don't know there's that just some bands that oh uh, yeah it was at heavy to yeah yeah, some bands are just really good at setting that mood, and sometimes it might be, like you said, like a movie that you watch, and it's kind of in the background, or even sometimes like 
I'll like a band even more if I see them live. Yeah. Like, even if I didn't like them before and someone's like, hey, like, we're going to this festival or, like, let's say when Koi Fest was a thing, you know, some your friends would be like, hey, let's go check out this band. You're like, ah, I don't really like And then you go there, you're like, oh. Like, uh, there was this hardcore band called Every Time I Die and they were headlining and uh, one of our bandmates, Adam, is really into them. He's, like, his favorite vocalist and they were... Uh, I never was really into them, and he's like, we should go see them. They're headlining. And I still don't really, really listen to them that much, but whenever they're on, it just reminds me of... Because sh- they were headlining, and their show was just the biggest party. It was the, the wax. wax. There, oh, was people, cool. there was people climbing on the Raptors oh, and jumping right off. The guitarist was, like, climbing on the stuff and, like, Stage jumping off. nobody caught him. Is this, like, a new song from them? Yeah, it's probably a new song. Those all the people who were stage diving, or uh, diving over yeah. the Raptors. Just imagine a place. This is a very strange of- video, but yeah. uh, go to go go to every time I die live, uh, the wax. Wax. And if you see just a bunch of. Uh, oh, there you go. Second video. Uh, yeah, second video. Oh, phenomenal sound quality. <laughs> <laughs> but basically, off of the little like pillars and the little rafters up there, like people were just jumping off. And uh, yeah, I, this band just kind of sent... even knew what was going on at this point. Like that is just yeah. well, it was so funny because crazy. they were supposed to play on the main stage outside where Krabby Joe's was downtown, but it yeah. started raining. So on a last minute move, they moved them to the wax. So everybody that was waiting to see them at that stage on the main stage, basically through word of mouth, it's just someone I, I don't even know who it was just says they're playing at the wax instead, and. This just giant mob floods down King Street is like squeezing is like squeezing Jesus in to try to get to Christ. try to get to the wax and I just remember, yeah, it was just it was that. It was And they let everybody insane. That would have really made the like the vibe though, like the Oh man, it was it. crazy. Cause I yeah. was I didn't go to the show, but I was just leaving the festival. Yeah. because um, I was pretty dead beat from the day and I was like stepped off onto a side street and like a thousand people just came like yeah. careening it was past wild. and I'm like, what the hell just happened over there? And then I found out years later that this is what, yeah. what, what happened. Yeah. There wasn't a fire at a yeah. yeah, but it's like you said, the vibe like made me appreciate the the artist a lot more. Like I never listened to them because it's kind of just like you know this like hardcore hardcore kind of rock music. And mm. I've you know when you don't really listen to a genre, you kind of cloud them up. You know, you oh, cloud yeah. every artist up, and you kind of sometimes are like, oh, it all sounds the same, but you just never give it a chance. And then this kind of gave put me into like a phase where i would you know listen to that artist more but it was just because of an experience i had like like you said before like watching a movie or in my case it was going to a show do you think if the show wasn't as intense as it was do you think you uh wouldn't appreciate the band probably because i just had a moment with it i hadn't listened to the music before i hadn't known any of the songs going in there and just walking out of there i was like wow like the energy of that show was like the biggest party ever Mm. just everybody was acting wild and uh yeah, definitely if the show wasn't as good or it was on par with, like, other bands that I had liked that I'd seen on the same day, I would have been like, yeah, they were cool. Like, they put on a good show, but whatever. Just yeah. it, was, it was a moment I had that, you know, was, like, the highlight of the night. So, hmm. yeah. So we're coming up on the final five, ten minutes here. Shit, right that was on. fast. That would yeah. did fly by. Yeah. Well, apparently we were having a good time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, what uh, what do you want to tell the people, Matt? Oh, I got a show coming up. I've been working on tunes, and I'm I kind of cool. booked the show to go. Okay, I'm going to play a bunch of new tunes, and it's uh, Friday, May 10th at Rhapsody Barrel Bar. Nice with hey. the wonderful Connor Gaines opening up, doing a solo set. And, cool. Uh, yeah, I can get tickets online or at the venue, and I'll be playing a bunch of new tunes. Right on. How much yeah. are tickets? Twenty bucks. Cool. Cool. Where can the people find you? 
uh like on the on the interweb yeah yeah uh, i'm on i got the uh, the instagram going and i got a facebook thing and i, I got a twitter as well what is all, your name on all of those um it's just i at either at matt Weidinger or at matt Weidinger music Cool. Cool. Yeah. Uh, cool. <laughs> cool, man. Cool, 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 thanks cool. for coming out. Oh, yeah, thanks thank for having you. me, guys. This is uh, great. Yeah, we had a cool. blast. This is real yeah. mind opening. Hell yeah. Um, so we got a little thing coming up this weekend. Yeah, we're going to be prowling the streets. We're going to be getting in your faces, putting microphones in your faces. In a nice way. <laughs> in the nicest way possible, but still shoving them in your face. So uh, ch- Choose Your Own Fest is going on yeah, on uh, your own Saturday, fest. April 20th, 420 for all you uh, yeah, yeah. weed smokers out there. Yeah. Um, Among the streets of Uptown Waterloo. We're, uh, we're probably going to be hanging out around different strokes. We're going to have a camera. We're going to have a microphone. we got lots of funny questions to ask some people. Uh, some you don't, you don't have to be a musical artist or anything. If, if you see us around, feel free to approach us. And, have a uh, good time. Yeah, we're going to have some fun. We're going to make a nice little uh, video that we're hoping to put out maybe in a week's time or a week and a half mm. and uh, kind of showcase what went on during uh, the day. So, yeah, if, if you uh, want to hit us up on Instagram to try to meet up with us that day, feel free. At a Audio. Yeah, at a Audio. Or just go to Different Strokes. Or just go to Different yeah, Strokes. we'll be there. We'll be there hanging out. Uh, make sure you sub the YouTube channel. Hit and... the bell. I feel like we should be saying that at the beginning. Yeah. Well, do it next time. All right. <laughs> I think I say this every time. And remember to fist, fist that, that bell. bell. Fist my bell. Peace.